keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roasts. I'm here with Sergeant Slaughterhouse, Mr. Robert Karpolis, Monsieur Mike Lawrence. It's time for the Roast of Gold Dust, baby. How's everyone doing today? That theme song, I mean, we'll get to it on Brightside. Top five theme songs ever for me. How about you, Scott? I mean, it would be top five if I also tucked my dick in between my legs like you did while you listened to it. <laughs> did you did you did you introduce Monday Night Robert Carpolis? Monday Night Robert, yeah, Monday Night <laughs> Monday Night Carpolis. That's the nickname. We gotta yes. Robert is war. <laughs> Rob is war. What what should your nickname be, Lawrence? Um, what kind of bunch? <laughs> what? Um, I once called him the uh, roast beast incarnate, which I liked. The roast beast incarnate. I like it because it just sounds like roast beef incarnate, which is what I look like. Well, that was that's what it was. How about instead of chronic Kronzik? (laughs) There you go. It's the worst nickname I think I've ever given anybody. Um, all right, folks, uh, we got a big show this week. We're going to rust gold dust, Dustin Rhodes. Uh, and uh, get to some other really fun stuff. Um, first off, I want to thank our patrons for checking out the Roast of Jim Cornette. It was a, a blast. As far as our patron schedule, we're off this week, but then we got Money in the Back Bank, No Mercy 2005, which Robert was on the creative team for. The Roast of Billy Corgan, August 9th, we're off. August 16th, Wrestling's Dumbest Criminals. August 23rd, SummerSlam. August 30th, The Roast of Vince Russo and, reverse, and the Reverse Battle Royal at TNA for our $10 tier, something to sports entertainment with, uh, since we don't have a $5 Patreon this week, we spring for that extra five bucks, folks. Uh, you're going to get me and Robert's uh, review of both road rager and NXT's great American bash. It will be a much more uh, detailed review than we, you know, kind of throw back to how we used to, uh, do the show so check it out it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun for uh roasts coming up we've got kurt angle next week and i think chris kubis is going to be joining us lita booker t and lex luger and we got our big daddy um well that sounds like diesel we already did diesel but we're doing the rock on august 22nd man so the rock has like 30 nicknames and you chose to call him big daddy <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get yeah, to but the all bri- of his nicknames are copyrighted, so <laughs> yeah. Let's get to the bright side of Gold Dust, the the bizarre one, uh, Dustin Rhodes. I'll start off. Uh, he's my favorite Rhodes. He's not the most legendary. He's not the most revolutionary in terms of the business. I guess Cody's the most revolutionary in terms of the business, but I think he's the most talented. Uh, he took a ton of shit and came back. 
started as the natural in my mind, ended as the natural. Uh, he's uh, very much like The Undertaker and that everyone else would have failed doing this gimmick. I love the gold dust. I love the natural. Uh, I loved his tag team with Cody when it feuded against the shield. And that was a really, that was like, you know, that was like the closest to what Roman is now in the sense that they were a cool heel tag team. So you really needed a babyface team to cheer his time in AEW has been, uh, has been very good. And I loved his match with Cody. I loved his book crossroads. It's, it's in, in a lot of ways, the book Shawn Michaels wanted to write about his faith. Like I said before, fantastic theme song loved his vignettes when we started uh his Conan appearance was actually everything his stern appearance wasn't I I just love the gimmick um can we give him credit for that outfit imagine taking shit from the click and getting in that giant pantyhose egg nothing worse than that and as far as accolades or you could just imagine taking a shit yeah, yeah. And accolades he was a wcw united states champion a wcw six-man tag team champion two-time wcw world tag team champion nwa world tag team champion nine-time wwe hardcore champion three-time intercontinental champion and three-time tag team champion mike what do you think about gold dust wrestling's greatest overachiever um you know he started off like you know okay and uh, I wouldn't say he was ever like one of the worst nepotism cases, but he kind of wasn't great. You know, we, we watched him in that Rumble 91 and he was just, you know, a bland baby face. And then, yeah, this character really changed things. This is probably in terms of, you know, this was what, 96 when he started. Yeah. So this was like, this was the most attitude thing there was in a lot of ways. Some of like the really raunchy <laughs> extreme shit like razor wouldn't work with him <laughs> like um you know uh the guys that yeah, have been around forever i saw the second most royal rumble appearances uh 13 um and uh you know he seems like a genuinely good dude he seems like kind of a a down-to-earth guy who um has been knocked down to earth through various problems over the years and always, you know, picks himself back up. And, uh, you know, it's like, he's, he's one of those people that like you want to be happy for. And he genuinely like, seems like he's enjoying himself now. I mean, you know, I know we talked about it with the Cody one, but I think that, you know, that match between him and Cody was really his crowning achievement, uh, even more so, uh, you know, this is a guy that was mid-card for all those years, and then he had this, like, really amazing masterpiece of uh, an event with uh, Cody, and, you know, he, he is an amazing wrestler. I, I will say, just as an addendum, uh, I do think Dusty was much more revolutionary than Cody because he was running opposition when people watch wrestling. That's that harder. Yeah, I was, as, as the words came out of my mouth, I think yeah. that you're probably right. But also, just the first one in a family to go, I'm going to pursue wrestling, is is so insane that you are the one that changes the course of everything. You know, in terms of your family. Wait, but then wouldn't that? So I guess Stu is more revolutionary than Brett. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Stu Hart's dungeon. I mean, think of everybody he trained. Yes. Yeah, it's more revolutionary to say, I'm going to be a wrestler and ruin my family then. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm going to be a wrestler and just not pay attention to my family. Uh, Scott. Yeah. I mean, they a lot more people would be alive if Helen was the one making the money. Let's just say that. <laughs> um, Scott, uh, what, uh, what do you think about the bizarre one? 
Oh, I love Gold Dust. I've always really liked Gold Dust. Uh, I've been reading dirt sheets since I was in like fourth grade and I've never heard negative things about him other than the substance abuse. But in terms of Dustin as a person, I, people never shit on him for creative. They always said he was better than what he was given. He's the one person when you listen back and, and you find out, you know, he's called the natural right away. And that's something that if you're a fan of wrestling, you know, wrestlers would jump on that and shit on that. And they didn't with him. They said it was the truth and it was the case with him. He was a natural. Uh, they said he was better than dusty in the ring. And then I got to see him be better than dusty in the ring. That, uh, that double or nothing match was bonkers, man. Well, for and that sure, was... bell to bell, he was better. He's better than Dusty and Cody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I think he might be like top five tag wrestlers of all time. It's just he never had like that very long term tag team. But you know, all the different tag teams he was in, the run with Booker T and stuff like that. He's so fucking great as a tag wrestler. And then with Cody, and you know, was it twenty thirteen? Yeah. And, and and then, you know, unfortunately, QT kind of bumps him off that list. But uh... <laughs> and, and then you hear from people like like Stone Cold saying that the way Gold Dust was over until they kind of had to pull it from from itself because it was getting a little too ridiculous. How how big of a deal he was and how he wanted to work with him. And, yeah, I mean, Goldust, if, if Goldust stayed that Goldust character for six more months, imagine the feud he would have had with Austin. It would have yeah, been. Yeah, and, and look, whether that was Vince ribbing the roads and, and having him do that, I really don't know. But holy shit, he made it work. I mean, Goldust you... is right right after the right after the Mount Rushmore guys of the Attitude Era, it's Goldust. After actually... Taker and Austin and, eight, and EX, it's, it's Goldust. Yeah, like b- below Foley, but above Shamrock and Valvinus. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, he was below Valvinus as a angle as well. Uh, Roberts. <laughs> uh, he was, I think, perhaps the best nepotism hire in the history of wrestling because when he first came out, he was not very good. Uh, he wasn't very good in his original WCW run. He wasn't very good in his WWF run was capable he was serviceable you knew he wasn't good because he's the first time it's the first time ever where there was a father-son storyline and the guys who beat the shit out of him won the feud so that that kind of speaks volumes about that but that was because obviously dusty and dustin were going back to robert robert wcw on a scale of brock anderson to negative one how (laughs) well i think i think negative one is a is a better worker than brock anderson but i I was going to say, I think one of the things he's always going to be remembered for is he was an he was an okay wrestler at first who became a fantastic sports entertainer. There was nothing in the Dustin Rhodes catalog prior to 1996 that made you think that guy could pull off gold dust. And he exuded so much charisma with such a ridiculous gimmick that they did have to keep tweaking because when that character first came out, it was clear that they were playing on homophobia. There's enough interviews. They've talked about it. Vince was on that uh, that Landisburg show up in Canada where they're like, you, we know what you're doing. The crowds would chant homophobic things to the point where they're like, we're going to put him with Marlena. We're going to pull back. Some of the stuff that Lawler would say on commentary about Goldust was really uncomfortable and unsettling. That's the most polite way I can put that. But he transcended that character to the point where it became a family-friendly 
character, which is absolutely insane. The book dust stuff that he did was was wildly entertaining and funny. The stuff he did with Lance Storm was funny and entertaining. When they gave him Tourette's, like any nonsense you threw at the guy, he made work. And whenever he was gone for a while and would come back at those rumbles, he would get a massive pop. It's that Rey Mysterio kind of character of doesn't matter how many times you beat him, doesn't matter how bad his booking is, when you hear the music and you see the entrance, the crowd comes alive for him. And I think that's a testament to the performer he is. And then my, my quick anecdote on him was I was in college uh, up in, in Gainesville and I was at uh, Carabas. A friend of mine was working there as a waiter. And the only person sitting alone at the bar was Dustin Rhodes. And I'm like, and I knew his, his, his wife at the time was from Gainesville, his kids there. And I'm like, I don't know if I should go over and say, like, I always felt weird about approaching somebody. I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let me just go over and say hi. I just wanted to say a quick, hey, I just want to let you know I'm a fan. And he's like, he hey, can you buy my drinks? <laughs> he, he, literally, he, he literally sat there. He's like, he insists that I sit with him. He ordered me a drink. Oh, and the wow. drink, he goes, I'm getting, he goes, I'm getting you a drink called Wolf Pussy that Barry Windham and I invented back when we used to be a team together. He treated on it. He was just happy to sit there and just have a conversation with somebody. Couldn't have been nicer. Had no idea who the fuck I was and was just incredibly nice, respectful, a really good dude. Uh, and I, I would say I feel bad about ripping him apart, but nah, he's in AEW now, and clearly I'm the guy who hates AEW. So, but by the way, <laughs> that story could be uh, a new segment called "Really Nice or Just Really Lonely." <laughs> oh man, I would win every time. <laughs> yes. uh, well, I just yeah. wanted to say, I just wanted to say, uh, what you were saying the best nepotism hire of all time. I'd say number two, the best nepotism hire of all time is, hey, this is my son, Vince Jr., and he's going to be announcing now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, that was like the Darth Vader of hires, you know? <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I mean, I, I have a lot of jokes on Goldust. These aren't particularly, I mean, again, it's like, it is It is like when you write the jokes, you, you see how mean you can get and you're like eh, i don't want to be this mean to the guy you know yeah, like, you're like well i don't want to go jerry lawler with it but <laughs> yeah, i don't want to go jerry lawler no um, that, there's that one promo that he does about like uh target because everyone had a shot and it's like a minute long and he says the you know the other f word uh or or as jerry calls it the main one um <laughs> and it's like a minute long for, was it like 96 97 and it's funny because people don't count that time as Attitude Era, really. They they look at it more as, you know, when Austin wins the belt. But some of that shit, like, you know, the, the Pullman's got a gun. Like, oh, I think it's better than the Attitude. I, I I think the two years leading up to Austin winning the title is probably. Well, that's 97. They say it was King of the Ring, right? It was the first. Like, when he does the Austin 316 speech is when it that starts. That was 96. Yeah, it's 96, right? Yeah. 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 But 97, you had, like you know the the heart hating america stuff it's just like there's an edginess like and watching those other promos and and the levels that goldust goes to that you're just like damn <laughs> this is fucking i did always feel bad for him because like he, his feud with ahmed johnson got cut short his feud with razor ramon got cut short because these guys just didn't want to work with the character and he did kind of take that personally except whenever he would work with these guys in the ring he would elevate whoever he was in there with it was just a very unfortunate product of the time. Well, let's get to roasting the guy. We'll stick on Robert, the roast of a gold dust. All right. 
Goldust is the daughter Dusty Rhodes never wanted. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes looks like what would have happened. What would have happened if Dusty's hard times involved having an eating disorder? He looks like if Dusty Rhodes starred in a remake of Thinner. <laughs> Goldust is the grandson of a plumber, and based on his dating record, he continued the tradition of laying pipe. <laughs> Dusty and Dustin had a falling out over Terry Runnels. Dusty didn't want the grandson of a plumber to become a rat catcher. <laughs> Terry spent so much time on her back, you'd think she was booked against Dusty. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Dusty was fired from WCW for bleeding, which is the least harmful thing Rhodes had done to his body at the time. <laughs> Eventually, he's going to admit that the Goldust character only came about to cover up for him huffing paint. <laughs> Goldust's costume was a parody of the Oscar statue. Which is fitting since, like the Academy Awards, Goldust never put over a person of color. <laughs> no, Goldust wasn't gay, since gay men tend to be in good shape. <laughs> it must have been tough for Pat to play along when Vince was pitching this character. Oh, yeah, Vince, all gay men wear makeup and quote movies. That's how you know they're gay. <laughs> Goldust was androgynous, which means a combination of masculine and feminine characteristics, which immediately got him heat with Shawn Michaels for stealing his gimmick. <laughs> Goldust is the best case scenario for a kid who gets sent to gay conversion camp. Sure, he's now a violent psychopath who paints his face and attacks others for a living, but at least he stopped kissing other men like a lunatic. <laughs> at one point, the WWF wanted Marlena to wear a strap-on dildo. A valet with a dick? That would never work, said Triple H. <laughs> the Goldust character was a crossdresser, which obviously made him a heel with the audience. That guy's wearing a wig, so we gotta boo him when he faces our heterosexual hero who's covered in baby oil and wears nothing but black briefs and knee pads like a real man. <laughs> Goldust briefly wrestled as a born-again Christian who was clearly faking his devote status, once again stealing Shawn Michaels' gimmick. <laughs> Dustin's seven character was dropped when he was misinterpreted by WCW as a child abductor. Abducting children was the only way to get kids to watch WCW in 1999. <laughs> Black Rain, Seven, The Artist, all of his gimmicks looked like someone did lazy customs on a Goldust action figure. Further proof that Mike Lawrence has a future in pro wrestling booking. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for me. Robert Carpolis, everybody. I'll go next. The Roast of Goldust. Goldust, the bizarre one. And Stardust, the one thing Dustin hasn't tried. <laughs> Bruce Pritchard has gone on record saying Dustin is androgynous, not gay, which just sounds like a 4 a.m. excuse Carl Anderson gives his wife. I know she was naked, but she's androgynous, honey. Androgynous. Without makeup, Dustin looks like a lady a woman dates after dating a guy that hit her. <laughs> Gold Dust briefly had a Tourette's gimmick, which made his fa 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 family ashamed of him. <laughs> he's the only per he's the only person who caused a shock jock that makes a midgets ride Sibian say, "Okay, Dustin, that's a little much." You know you bombed when the front office says, can you just go back to being a sex offender? In, 1990, <laughs> in 1999, he got head from Al Snow, something I thought he only did for Mick Foley. 
He then became a born again <laughs> Christian, which is the most excited you'll see anyone on this podcast about a Christian. <laughs> and TNA, he wrestled his Lone Star, named after Meltzer's reviews of his matches. <laughs> Dustin once asked WWE if he could guess breast implants because if you can't have your father's charisma, you can damn sure get his tits. <laughs> Shattered Dreams is not just Goldust's finisher, but the reason Marlena filed for divorce. <laughs> Scott Hall didn't want to feud with Dustin because he was afraid his son may see it. Oh, yes, yeah, Scott. Goldust is the reason your kid's ashamed. Not the time you attacked a mall Santa because you thought he was the ghost of the guy you killed at a strip club. <laughs> He briefly wrestled as China Dust, not to be confused with the ashes or manager cells on his website. Anthony An Anzaldo is his name, folks. He is a scumbag. He defeated Bam Bam Bigelow in his last match at WWE. It was dubbed the battle between the two types of dudes and ugly gay guy fucks. He fought Roddy Piper in a backlot brawl, which is the closest Roddy's come to being accepted in Hollywood. In, a in AEW, he's feuded with Sean Spears, QT Marshall, and Nick Camarado. Instead of roasting him, can we just set up a foundation? Tears for Spears? And not just because Habitat for Humanity already built QT a house. <laughs> Black Rain, Seven, Kink Dust. If those are the gimmicks that Vince Russo got on screen for Dustin, imagine the ones he didn't. Bro. You come out with spots like your dad, Dusty, but instead of on your gear, they're on your body and you're constantly shivering. Introducing HIV positive, bro. We say HIV instead of HIV so kids can watch. It's either that or Alvin AIDS. Bro, you and the blue media gremlins that live in Scott Hall's butthole called the insiders. You've got scars all over you and you're in blackface. Mrs. Butterfaceworth. Bro, <laughs> you come in with a pride flag as a cape and a bomb strapped to your chest. Timothy McGay. Bro, after Austin throws you in the outhouse, you come back four months later with a sledgehammer completely covered in doo-doo. Preparation Triple H. Bro, you come out dressed as the New Year's baby. Oh, wait, we actually did that one. All right, those are my uh, man. You really, you really uh, put yourself out there with an act out, folks. Let's let's uh, let's, uh, let's cut to Mike Lawrence. All right, uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, Dustin was Dusty's first son, delivered in the late '60s via C-section. You can still see the purple scar on Dusty's belly all those years later. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin was able to do something in wrestling that Dusty would, could never, ever do. Fit into a one-piece bodysuit. <laughs> Dusty was barely in Dustin's life growing up, unlike Cody, who had a close relationship with Dusty. I guess it's true what they say. Absence makes the work rate better. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin started wrestling in his late teens, not because he loved it, but because he knew it was the only way he'd get to spend time with his dad. I ain't got time to play cats with teach you about the birds and bees, but if you want, we could take on that nefarious Teddy Biasi and get a peek at Sapphire's titties. <laughs> Dustin had the nickname The Natural, even though it took him 10 years to find a gimmick that got over. 
<laughs> he became a mid-card champion in WCW where he helped Sting take on the Dangerous Alliance and then formed an even more dangerous alliance with Terry Reynolds. <laughs> Dusty hated her and disowned Dustin. Do you know how awful you have to be to be the most hated Terry in professional wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> Dustin and Terry named their ch- child Dakota because they were too drugged up to remember which one she was conceived in. The North or South? I don't know. It's a long drug trip. Then he became Goldust, unlike his dad, who is now just dust. (laughs) He called himself the Bizarre One, and then Marty Jannetty was like, hold my Facebook page. (laughs) Razor Ramon refused to work with him due to homophobia, which just shows how committed Razor was to portraying a Latino stereotype. I ain't wrestling no mang that wants to kiss another mang mang. (laughs) (laughs) And it's not like Goldust was actually gay. I mean, he wrestled the ultimate warrior and wasn't beaten to death. (laughs) He had a famous Hollywood backlot brawl where he was riding a Ford Bronco. That angle was in such poor taste you'd think it was Sonny's pussy. (laughs) They asked OJ to be a part of the angle, but he didn't want to lose the respect of the black community. Dustin was fired from the WWE five times, five times, five times, five times, five times. <laughs> As Mickey James would say, that's a lot of trash bags. <laughs> After a while, they even stopped wishing him well on his future endeavors. Like by the third time, they were just like, the WWE has parted ways with Goldust. Hopefully he gets his shit together. We need him to wrestle Al Snow on Sunday Night Heat. <laughs> well, then... TNA, he was drinking, doing coke, and taking 40 pain pills a day. It was the lowest point in his life till he sobered up and tag-teamed with QT Marshall. (laughs) I won't say he looked awful in TNA, but you finally realized that he was Dusty's son. (laughs) I love that TNA was the Ellis Island for drugged-up, washed-up ex-WWE guys. Give us your Dustins, your Hardys, your RVDs, and we'll let them entertain 300 people in Orlando. And yes, I'm going to do this exact joke on next week's Angle Roast. <laughs> and I'm also going to do this joke when we run out of all the talented wrestlers and we have to roast Christian. Oh, man, he gets it hard. Poor guy. You know, much like Jimmy Uso's alcoholism, Goldust always finds his way back into the WWE. <laughs> oh, no. But now instead of being a lower card veteran that only exists to put over green shitty talent in WWE, he's doing that in AEW instead. Yay! <laughs> Dustin's back in the role he was always most comfortable in, being the second most famous Rhodes in the company. <laughs> He'll never be Randy Orton, but at least he's not David Flair. Thank you, Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes. (laughs) Scotty Chaps. Uh, Owen Hart was popular for ribs, but Goldust was popular for removing one. (laughs) Goldust was Vince's way of telling everyone Hollywood is full of pedophiles. He looks like Corey Feldman's boogeyman. (laughs) In the WWF, he's the bizarre one. In Jersey, he's an Italian woman at her grandson's wedding. (laughs) His debut match uh, in the WWF was with Marty Jannetty. This was done so right right away, Marty would know, this is a man, please don't try to fuck him. (laughs) They originally wanted Dusty in the drag queen gimmick, but they were afraid of everyone busting in their pants. 
<laughs> Dusty dressed like Goldust is my porn search history. Yes, <laughs> if if Dustin is the natural, can we start calling Dusty the big naturals? <laughs> <laughs> when Goldust got heavy, he looked like the peanut M&M. <laughs> Vince is so transparent. He hired the natural a few months after the steroid trial. <laughs> 90s gold dust was like David Bowie in that when he left a bar, he'd say, check ignition and may God's love be with you. <laughs> Dustin is a little bit country and a little bit cock and balls. <laughs> he looks like Al Bundy dressed like Peg Bundy. <laughs> Dustin's ass is so flat, I'm almost convinced it's my father under that makeup. <laughs> Goldust would breathe in deep, then breathe out strong. Years later, Cody would pay homage to this by sniffing his own farts. <laughs> Dustin is the only Rhodes without a lisp, so Vince gave him a stutter. In red makeup, he looks like Darth. No one notices me at the mall. <laughs> at AEW's first pay-per-view, Dustin and Cody stole the show. A callback to Dustin stealing Cody's bike after a DUI. <laughs> Dustin versus Cody. Wow. I haven't seen a ring that bloody since Matt Hardy punched a wall on his wedding night. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin was the biggest car wreck of any second generation star until Nick Hogan sped away with that title. <laughs> He's the only over the hill wrestler who could make it over a hill. He looks like DDP Yoda. <laughs> There's a 17 year difference between him and Cody. That means when Cody was a freshman in high school, Dustin was a junior. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dumb he is. <laughs> so dumb he painted his face gold after being told he wasn't the brightest bulb in the box. Huh? All right, anyway, this is how I'm ending it. Uh, even though he's amazing, it's hard to not think he didn't use his full potential. He's like if the devil went down to Georgia looking to buy some fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the rest of gold dust. We love you, Dustin. Let's get to show and hell. This is a very gold dust heavy show. And uh, for show and hell, Mike Lawrence sent us a clip. If you haven't seen it, it's online. It's <laughs> it's uh, kink dust's first promo. It I will, is, I'll, I'll tweet it out right now. So uh, it was recording this Tuesday and you'll, you'll be able to see this on our Twitter page. Yeah. So um, it is, uh, this is without a doubt the, um, this is one of his, I was about to say it's one of his incarnation. There is no, without a doubt. Um, my, my notes for this were Vader. My number one note is Vader had one of the most humiliating runs in WWE history. Uh, like, if you like besides his match with Shamrock, you, you forget like this wasn't even the last stop for Vader. He still had to do the I'm a fat piece of shit and uh and step on that foam hammer that was left outside in his cane feud. I mean, he really just got the the raw end of the deal. Uh I think you know, like look, I, you know, like I think this should have worked. I don't think the world was ready for it. The the funniest part about the segment is that like uh, Cornette, uh, Cornette, the body kind of line, but also Cornette was able to get through it 
without jerking off. So that that's that's another thing that was uh, that was. Well, he he practice he practices promos in the mirrors all the time. So he's just like. <laughs> and they they the, said that like he didn't let Goldust borrow his ball gag. <laughs> <laughs> the only borrow. thing. I, like, if you want proof that Dustin is, like, dedicated to the art of professional wrestling, it's not, like, him acting like a dog. It's not the ball gag. It's his dirty fucking feet, man. He oh, literally man. walked through the, you know, he just, you knew he just walked through the craft services. I mean, and this was, like, the days were, like, like DOA and Los Bariquas and, you know, like all these guys are just backstage who like we never saw again. I think like members of the DOA actually became part of like white supremacist cults. And like, was that right, Robert? The, the Harris brothers. Yes, the Harris they're, brothers. they're, uh, they're, they're proud members of, they have tattoos. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a wild scene, you know, it was like the closest probably wrestling has come to the seventies was like that 1997 WWF um, backstage, but uh, yeah, it was just a, it's a wild video. Uh, Mike, why'd you pick this one for us? Uh, this is just like so, you know, the thing is when everyone you know, talks about the Attitude Era and this whole time, they like think of like the same five clips. <laughs> this is not one of those clips. Uh, <laughs> is this thing, it, it's mostly, you know, he's got the ball gag, so it's mostly loon talking and i think was it was it wrestlemania am i wrong wrestlemania 14 where it was was goldust and luna against sable and marrow so that was 14 like it was, yeah so it felt like it was around that time i mean one of those things i i know she, she has a, a dark side coming up which i'm very interested to see because i you know whatever you say about kayfabe i believed in luna vachon <laughs> fucking yes. terrifying lady um because like i remember growing up with sherry and being like oh sherry's a little weird and then luna was like fuck you (laughs) intense and terrifying and this yeah the dirty feet everything like this is why this this promo right here is why i I forgot which one of you said that he could have had a feud with austin this is why he couldn't have Austin, (laughs) austin was very good at protecting himself and choosing who to work with not work with which i think is you know, one of his, you know, talents besides like being an amazing talker and wrestler, but like he fucking protected his spot. Yeah. Austin couldn't have had a feud at the time with a guy who was like, Ooh, daddy, like, you know, exactly. Exactly. And and I mean, you know, it's like, and he's the kind of guy like Austin's kind of guy where like, you know, Dustin will be backstage wearing that and be like, say hi to your dad for me. But uh, (laughs) he's not, he's not main eventing with him. (laughs) Yeah. Scott, what do you think of this clip? No oh, way, we can't Scott's hear you. That's on mute. Okay. There you so, go. So, from what I've read about it, it was during a time where the Gold Dust character had already kind of run its course. And I guess, I mean, it's their fault because a character like that doesn't have to run its course. And so, this does feel like a natural progression for me. Like, in, 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 instead of completely abandoning, abandoning it, kind of just going for weirder and stranger things, he also did like Marilyn Manson dust, right? He did, um, he did a few other types of dust and like every week he would be a different kind of weird thing. It, I kind of get it. I, I, I get it to a degree. I actually think it looks okay. And I think the idea of, of a, of a gimmick being like, you're this cuck and this woman is going to say what you're going to go in and do is kind of hilarious. The Walker thing was awesome. I'm coming to the stage. In the- yeah. Yeah. 
What if it would? What if they did like? What if they announced like Walker Texas Ranger is going to be on the show tonight, and then just he came out with a cowboy hat? <laughs> I mean, it's amazing because it's like this is very. Uh, this is the most Russo shit ever. Like this is the difference between them and WCW at the time until WCW got this guy. But it's like this is Howard Stern. This is that freak show. Oh, weirdo. this is like yeah. This I was is waiting for him to fart and Beetlejuice to pop out. Yeah. There, there was about what there was a half hour maybe more every attitude era raw that was just straight from jerry springer and gold dust was kind of a part of that val venus was a part of that the godfather Dude, you was a part russo of that backstage with this like like when he first did it for russo he's like bro that's fucking next level you know like he's like bro you're gonna change fucking perceptions out there it's unbelievable <laughs> I guess the, the narrative has been, I don't know if this how true this was, but watching the Dusty documentary a few years ago, like he was doing this to lash out at Dusty. Yeah. Wow. Robert, uh, were you aren't they all Dust? Did you get no, turned on know. at all? <laughs> this was, yeah, this was peak. Uh, it's not easy being a pro wrestling fan growing <laughs> up, um, especially in that era. And this is one of those where it's like, those rare moments where my dad's like, all right, I'm going to accept the fact that my kid likes pro wrestling as much as you like sports. Let me go try to bomb. Like my fear would like him walking in on this. <laughs> <laughs> I would have rather him walked in on like, God knows what else, but it's like, please don't walk in at the moment where it's gold dust looking like a tennis ball with a ball <laughs> gag in his mouth while Luna's screeching. And then be like, well, I guess I'm never having grandkids. This is a great visit. I'm so happy to be here. Like, this is the shit that I would have to try to defend when I'm like, no, I promise you wrestling has gotten better. Steve Austin is cool. You'll like this. The Rock is cool. You'll like this. And then they tune in. And it was some of the Goldust stuff where they just let him go too far with the Howard Stern, Jerry Springer, lowest common denominator shit. And <laughs> it didn't, it, it didn't, and it never made money. And I think that's the part of it that's the most frustrating is the Goldust well, they character. They just weren't selling the right merch, Robert. Well, you know, I, look, I, I'm sure that uh, my, my Goldust ball gag has appreciated in value over time. Yeah. But uh it's it's that's the part that's the most frustrating is that the Goldust character in and of itself could have drawn and when it came back it absolutely continued to draw this little window of time where it was Vince Russo at his most self-indulgent was fairly insufferable and if you go back and watch those Attitude Era Raws they're super hit and miss you know I sat through all three hours of Raw this week and at least there was nothing on it where I'm like, if my wife came in and saw this, she would be justified to be like, you know what? We had a good run. I disagree. So, but we'll Lily, Lily, Lily wasn't yeah. there this week. No, there was no Lily. There was yeah, there was no there was no Lily. Wait a second. Wait, I want to correct what Robert just said. There wasn't Lily, but Reginald stared in the back and Alexa Bliss was levitating. And then when they looked around, I think he disappeared. So no, right? But it, but at least Reginald wasn't wearing assless chaps when he did it. Yeah, that's true. I that's, think it would have been better, thing, honestly. The thing is, you know that like Russo just showed McMahon that one scene from Pulp Fiction, <laughs> <laughs> the, the gimp stuff, and he was like, "This guy's a genius." Like you know, like God damn, this is trying, what I should have done with Warrior. Yeah, like he even tried to hire Tarantino, probably. <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, you know, yeah, they were very much throwing shit at the wall 
and, and seeing what stuck. Which was and, actually a gimmick that Dustin pitched. <laughs> <laughs> they would have done that in TNA, but they couldn't afford walls. <laughs> or shit. <laughs> <laughs> they had plenty of that. <laughs> oh, and I, I think the Gold Dust Piper thing is is really good. And when I rewatch it, I like it. I think it's fun and funny and it's it feels very much like a WrestleMania moment. I'll, yeah, I'll I loved you, it when I saw it. And unlike all the other ones, until I guess a, a boneyard match. <laughs> I'll tell you this, and I, I may not be the only one who says this, but I would rather watch that again than the Iron Man match from that mania. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I've also seen the Iron Man match show a lot, you know. Also, Roddy is a better, I mean, like, hot take, but I don't think this is that hot. I think a few people have said this, but Roddy's a better character than he was a wrestler. So, like, seeing him fight in an alley is almost like more, It, you know, like his best wrestling match ever was that one in They Live, the big fight scene in They Live. Like, nothing yeah. he's done in the ring has touched that, how great that uh, action sequence was. And he was better at this, I think, than than Razor would have been. I think this was a better spot with Roddy. I don't think we would have talked about. He definitely I, would have been better at driving for sure. <laughs> I mean, Scott Hall is fucking a great wrestler, but I think that the Roddy of it all just made it more like weird and special. That's true. But Speak- I read like no, I read uh, oh yeah on Pritchard, and I know I had a joke about this. They really did try to get OJ for that. Oh yeah, that's that absolutely sounds like something Vince would have thought was a a good idea. They tried to get OJ a couple different times. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show up at this point in time. Like you, you just never know. Look, if if any if anybody should be a third member of the hurt business, it's OJ. What if what if like what if one person was upset that they bought that if I did it book and it wasn't about him talking about how he would have done the black lot brawl? <laughs> um. Let's uh, let's cut to Mike for our uh, Twitter verse questions. The dark side of the feed, Mike. What did you got this week? All right. So I asked um, our Twitter uh, fans, well, our fans on Twitter, um, to pitch us a future dark side of the ring episode. That's um, fun. Yeah. So here we go. At Huskers eighty eight, dark side of Stockholm syndrome: the true story of Robert Carpalis as a WWE writer. <laughs> at smartnado781 slimy the boogeyman's worm that got away <laughs> at chat mannequin uh happy birthday shane mcmahon the story of vince and shane's relationship <laughs> at promographic ken two words katie vick <laughs> at dan bean sports the never-ending rivalry of jeff hardy versus field sobriety tests at White Tick, all the ways Bruce Pritchard has kept his job. <laughs> that's a that's a two hour. Uh, at Batman Freak, a bag and a handshake, the Randy Orton story. <laughs> at Mama, at, at sorry, at MMA Locks, dark side of the time. Vince McMahon made Trish Stratus get on all fours and bark like a dog on live television. That's the shortest episode ever. It was funny. Uh, (laughs) At the Sean Calvin, the rise and fall of Scott's relationship with AEW. (laughs) I like that he thinks there's going to be a fall. Uh, At D Tesso, Janetti, that's it. That's the tweet. (laughs) I'm I'm guessing, I have a legit say, right? Season four, that'll be. 
<laughs> at SparkNado781. Well, whenever they find his body from the ocean is when they'll do that. <laughs> uh, at SparkNado781. Nails, was that wrong? Should I not have done that? <laughs> <laughs> at Maddie Mills, Dark Side of the Ring, vacant, WWE's most decorated champion that Vince refuses to acknowledge. <laughs> and in parentheses, that didn't murder his family. <laughs> uh, at no time for rest underneath ring the, the Titus O'Neil story <laughs> at Danielle Isabel wrestling isn't fake Vince tore both his hamstring into the ring one time at Christopher <laughs> W227 my father the hero Sam Houston's biography on Grizzly Smith <laughs> <laughs> At Nerdy Agrol, Dark Side of the Ring, Sunny Fully Loaded. At Chom 1AK, Dark Side of the Ring, The Violence of On-Screen Contract Signings. A study of how a simple procedural matter became polluted with unrelenting aggression and its effects on the manufactured wood industry. <laughs> <laughs> At uh, Yarenzaphone, Choppy Choppy UPP, aka The Day I Can No Longer Watch uh, wrestling in front of my wife <laughs> at Dotes McGoats, Dark Side of the Ring, Mrs. Cornette's never ending train. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> finally, at the Burt 88, Dark Side of the Ring podcast prison, the story of Robert Carpelis's vicious murder of Scott Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, best fans, best fans, best fans, fans great. The, the happy birthday, Shane McMahon. One guy that's such a weird thing that the internet has latched onto and made like it comes up every year, and it is the gift that keeps on giving. What is that? Well, so, I, Vince I McMahon, so, so here's the deal Vince McMahon, or whoever handles Vince's Twitter account, no matter whose birthday it is, they usually write like this paragraph long, <laughs> glowing thing of like, Happy birthday, Triple H, a revolutionary wrestler and a master of the sport. Happy birthday to the incomparable Hulk Hogan, once generation. And there was one that just said, Happy birthday, Shane McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Man, it is. You really got to try. Like, you really have to try to be the son of a billionaire and not be accused of nepotism. You know, like, like yeah. he always get like, nobody has ever been like, yeah, that guy. I mean, that guy didn't earn it. You know, I've never heard that about Shane. <laughs> All right. Uh, staying on the, the gold dust theme of the show, we're going to be doing uh, some of Dustin's worst gimmicks for Grimmicks. Today it's black rain verse seven. My verse note is, Black Rain is goth Mr. Mistopheles. Um, uh, in one of these clips, uh, in Black Rain, Dustin looks like a purple Oompa Loompa, and he's clearly just doing Luna Vachon's voice. Um, as far as Seven, um, he, like, in this book, he, rever he, like, he talks about how Seven was, like, a blown character, and I just think that's hilarious because, like, that means that the like he's like no if we had just stuck it with the creepy pedophile it would have it would have worked it would have worked um, and uh, seven is just I mean he's BDSM powder but you know it's not I, you know like look I, I guess what I would say is like as far as what I think is the worst gimmick I think seven in its original incarnation is worse than Black Rain but he kind of fixes it because he delivers this promo which is a shoot promo and it's really bad but it's not bad because of him like he actually does a pretty good job like he sticks the landing when he said you'll never forget the name dusty Rhodes," 
It was like there were some people cheering at the end of it, which is really hard to do because he didn't look like fucking Goldust or Dustin at the time. So, like, you know, I, I thought, like, all things considered, you know, again, this Grimmix even segment is, is a testament to Dustin's talent because we're not really talking about, I mean, these are all time bad gimmicks and yeah. we don't really talk about them that much because of how oh, wait, how black rain is black rain an all time bad gimmick or an all time bad physique and costume. Cause the idea is kind of right. He's like the shadow of gold dust, like this, the dark, this, the darkest parts of gold dust. That's kind of okay. Uh, but then he just he looks like Missy Elliott in that music video where she's like, <laughs> all the air is going in her uh, garbage bag. Yeah, super, super duper dust. <laughs> super duper fly. Here's, I mean, the, the thing is, is that like I read that 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 was the forty pill a day period of of uh, Dustin and Dusty was working in TNA, and so that's how I got that job um, because yeah, he was just in just a really fucking uh, bad place, but. It, but one of the things when we were doing research on this uh, on this episode, I found out that when Vince pitched Gold Dust to him originally, he was like, "We want you to be an androgynous character," and he's like, "That sounds great." And then he had to look up what the word androgynous meant. <laughs> and you feel that with all of these gimmicks, where it's like he didn't grow up that weird, you know? But like he's overcompensating. I need to be weirder and weirder. I mean, the fact that. I got to pick, I think seven is the worst because we didn't even really get to see it. Like W, you know, Turner execs like came in. We're like, no, I mean, and look at all this shit that they greenlit. They're like making fun of a guy with balls, bells, palsy, hilarious seven. No, <laughs> like they were okay with Oklahoma and all the Russo shit. Like they, Dude, there was somebody ever- in the crab with a fat chick thriller sign. Wait, maybe that was a Vince. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I gotta be honest with you. That, that segment was over. There was there was someone in the crowd that it's just the word just the word showed. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually. But it was like gimmick. yeah, because yeah, seven apparently that they thought that it was like is this just a child predator, and you know Bischoff and Dustin couldn't be like well no, because <laughs> the opening <laughs> vignette is fucking scary. It's weird, and there is Stand a kid through and a child's like, window, right? Yeah, and then. And then he comes. Did they out, shoot that uh, in Memphis? First... <laughs> no, it was a boy. Yeah. Um, also, but they, it wasn't they a shack. Out... <laughs> but they come out, and he's like, uh, you know, yeah, he does like this shoot <laughs> promo where he's like got his hillbilly Dustin voice, but the weird, like, I think he was. Someone said that uh, he was supposed to be based on the movie Dark City. Yeah, which is really funny because that's also directed by the guy who did The Crow, Alex Proyas. So they were just like, "Well, fuck, Sting did Black Gangbusters. Let's just do more Alex Proyas characters." <laughs> so who, your vote is Seven's the worst character. I think Seven because we didn't even really get to see it. Like the, the fucking Turner execs were yeah. like, "Absolutely not." And that's, I mean, that was also of, like yeah. peak like uh, child. I mean, in the '90s, like the whole John Penny Ramsey thing. It's like it was yeah. uh, a little much for sure. Do we know where Dustin was that night? <laughs> uh, yeah I, I guess seven is, is it was christmas so not with his kids <laughs> but i do think i you know black rain black rain's worse it was the worst point in his life for sure yeah so you're gonna say black rain mike scott no i'm saying seven seven's worse i'll, I'll go black rain just because i thought 
know he kind of stuck the landing with the dusty promo, but all Scott, which one's worse? Oh, I think seven is worse. Any reason? Uh, I think Black Rain would have worked if he was in shape. This is a man who is routinely shit on the fiend, guys. <laughs> yeah, that is that is fair. What? I mean, it's, it's just so it, dude, it's so fiendish. It's Wario is, Gold Dust. It's, it's who gives Wario a shit. I'm fine. gonna defend I'm gonna defend <laughs> my client Scott here for a sec, which is that because I, I I when I was watching all this stuff, I was thinking of the fiend a lot, but then it was like, but they always put this stuff where it should have been. And the fiend is like world champion main event level. And I think that bothers Scott more, where it's like if you put it, you know, I mean, they definitely should have opened this year's WrestleMania, but if you put it as its own thing for like five to 10 minutes, who gives a shit? But when it's like the crux of one of your main shows, not so great. Here's what bothers Scott the most is that there was a time that the fiend was one of the highest merch sellers in WWE. And I think it bothers Scott and Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, that there is a demo of wrestling fans that, look up to guys like the fiend yeah i also think if, if if you follow the the addresses of all the wwe shop buyers who have bought fiend merchandise you could actually pinpoint uh, si- uh child sex trafficking in the united <laughs> states i'm gonna say that scott doesn't like the fiend because i bet he outsells the bucks and omega at hot topic <laughs> <laughs> there's no way those kids are too self-aware now because they're 31 and me robert robert uh Uh, so the seven gimmick i will give wcw credit at that point in time because they were trying to do something different this was their version of an amalgamation of gold dust and the undertaker based on the hat the entrance itself they put a lot of effort into it production wise to make it look cool it did look cool And then I think what they kind of realized almost immediately was once TNT stepped in with that, that, that video, uh, which is like a kid in his bed. And then he appears in the window. It looks like the world's scariest. Are you afraid of the dark episode? (laughs) Um, And they immediately are like, Oh, this is child abduction. Eh, eh, That one's a little, that doesn't really pass a straight face test, but it's TNT at the time. They hated WCW by 1999. They wanted it off the air. They had no problem burying it. Um, Black Rain is the worst gimmick for me because seeing it, all it does is make you wish that he was Goldust instead. At no point did the Black Rain character stand on its own. You go, you know what? This is an interesting direction for this. I'm glad to get to see this character. Instead, it was just, I wish he was in WWE. I wish they were the ones navigating his character and stopping him from some of his worst impulses. The Black Rain matches were, were not very good. It was just a lesser version of gold dust and all it did was make you want to see the real gold dust what's interesting in aew now is his current incarnation doesn't make me miss gold dust it feels like this is the natural progression of who he is i didn't mean to use the natural pun there the seven character when he did that uh shoot promo bro was fine except he did the same thing in wwf when he came out one time and he burned the gold dust wig and he's like, I'm sick of doing this gold dust nonsense. I'm going to be me. And that was when he became the ultra right wing uh, religious zealot. But the guy in WCW coming out and saying, look, I came here because I don't want to do stupid gimmicks. I just want to wrestle and be who I was supposed to be and take it out on you guys who abused my father and destroyed his legacy. 
that's a hell of a character that I kind of want to get behind. The problem was the people who were writing it was uh, were uh, WCW creative, which uh, you're fucked from the beginning. But I think Black Rain is the the lesser gimmick of the two because it was basically just scraps of gold dust. Which also sounds like a gimmick. Everything that we make <laughs> fun of sounds like a new Dustin gimmick. Well, sc- scraps of gold dust sounds like a Neil Young album. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, I, I think that it's like, you know, the network networks have always hated wrestling outside of, you know, Ted Turner himself, and not the good people like, of UPN, Mike. The good people of U- <laughs> it was open programming. That was really their slogan, by the way. Was it's open? That's not oh, talked yeah. about enough. We're open for they business. Had to, they had to compete against Michigan J Frog. I mean, no, but it's interesting because the whole thing with I think. TV wrestling because you know you always hear stuff about US too like the Pillman's got a gun thing where it's like do what the fuck you want uh, get us ratings but just don't cause any problems and uh, no it's like you ultimately WCW WWF as much as it is mostly by men children now like you know they were selling toys and shit like that and if you have a child abduction ankle that doesn't help (laughs) Yes. I like that well, you think let's... that WCW was selling toys in 99. <laughs> Nobody was going out of their way to get a Stro action figure. <laughs> they, they, they were Robert because Chris Jericho went to KB and when he bought his own Chris Jericho toy, it rung up as Hulk Hogan and it was the toughest moment of his life. But that was the wait, was that the Lionheart toy that came with the whip and the little lion? Oh, I wanted that bad. That was the dumbest thing ever. I love WCW. They were just they yeah, that, the, I, I the company I, that made those video games. They, remember they made a video game where everything took place backstage. Yeah. Like, I, I would say that WCW NWO Revenge gives no mercy a run for its money as far as fucking awesome video games. Hold on, let me get Kenny Omega for a minute. Technically, Dan, the engine that was used for WCW NWO Revenge was what was used to make WWF to, uh, WrestleMania 2000, which became No Mercy until there was the THQ Ukes split that wound up occurring. <laughs> There we go. Oh, and the game was WCW Backstage Assault <laughs> and, and that same engine and some of those people. Uh, were hired back to do the uh, AEW game, so I'm I'm excited for the AEW game just because I love WWF No Mercy, and uh, if I knew where it was, I'd probably still be playing it to this day. Amen. So Amen. Well, before we continue, uh, all this gold dust talk has got me thinking about my private parts <laughs> and the lawnmower 4.0 is the one groin groomer that makes me feel smoother than the naturals in ring skills. Speaking of natural, this bush cutter, no lie, has given me the most natural looking trim I've ever had. Every other trimmer I've used had my balls looking like Dusty's forehead, but the lawnmower 4.0 leaves me with no bumps, no blotches, no errors. It's lights, camera, action on your genitals. When you use promo code ROAST20, that's all capitals, ROAST20. This thing, man, it's got an upgraded trimmer. It includes a multifunction on and off switch. LED spotlight. It allows you to customize your trim through additional guard lengths, sizes one through four, a wireless charging system, 
I mean, come on, guys, get on board. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ROAST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use ROAST20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Thank God that was an ad read. I got scared for a second. He's like, we're going to talk about my privates for a minute. And I had to have a second. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, folks, it's uh, it's time for our last segment of the show. High spot, low spot. Something that we liked about wrestling this week. Something that we didn't like. I'll start off my high spot. And, you know, by, by the time you guys have seen this, there'll be another episode of, of Dynamite. But since we're recording this on Tuesday, MJF for Sammy Guevara. Uh, it, for me, it was everything right about the future of wrestling. I, I just thought Sammy was fantastic in the match. Um, the tombstone off the second rope. It was, you know, I, I didn't love the ending as far as like, you know, getting, you know, all the King's horses and all the King's men involved, but the match itself, I thought was just a banger of a main event low spot, uh, which is Drew McIntyre's new character, uh, which is everything bad about the past i mean like you know everything right right about the future is Guevara. everything like wrong about you know the, the, the past was like was uh was drew mcintyre this past monday night uh if you hadn't Can you seen explain it, it to me i didn't see yeah please explain well what he talks about how his sword was made from the loch ness monster um which this is the worst like this is Vince at his worst. Who clearly oh, and, and know- he's a descendant of from someone from the Alamo. Yes, and he's a descendant of someone what? from the Alamo. Wait, 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 wait. Vince at his worst or Pritchard at his best? <laughs> uh, but- now, now, Vince, no, Vince, this is great. He's going to talk about stuff, and he's like a like a tall tale. We'll get him a big blue ox. This is this was this was rough, man. And it, it you know, like all of this was to set up. I mean, the, the worst thing about this is this was all to set up a Jinder Mahal match. And th- I was a little bit excited because I was like, oh, okay, if they're going to do Jinder versus Drew now, it means they're not going to do Jinder versus Drew at SummerSlam. But no, my friends, uh, this uh, this was actually to begin an angle because it ended in a disqualification and it ended with Jinder Mahal, who had first come to the uh, arena in a motorcycle upset that drew wasn't responding to his text thread this is all true and then he stole drew's sword so now like while drew should be concentrating on the money in the bank match and the story should be hey this is my way back to the championship we're instead he's instead saddled with this fucking gender mahal sword shit which like, I don't even think that gender is going to have, I mean, this was such a bomb. I don't even think that gender is going to have an interference at the money in the bank match. I think this is just going to be a straight raw feud, but we're going to get it for weeks in a row. It's going to be like Jackson Riker Elias all over again. We also got Jackson Riker beating Cedric, which it would have been my low point, except for big swells tweet afterwards. Uh, yeah. So my, my, my high point, MJF, Sammy Guevara, my low point. Uh, Drew McIntyre and the Loch Ness Monster. What was the uh, big swole tweet? She, uh, she, after uh, Jackson, great. after Jackson Riker beat, um, beat Cedric. Cedric. She goes, did anybody want to see him get beat by Minnie Hogan? You know. <laughs> uh, and and Jackson Riker didn't be just to clarify. It was Jackson Riker and his tag team partner, r Truth. <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing that happened on Monday Night Raw, kids. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's was... wackier than R Truth hanging out with Vince McMahon. 
Yeah, they, they luckily like they luckily cut. You know, they had a main event that was was decent, which was Lashley and MVP versus the New Day, which was you know it was good, it was fine. But uh, all in all, I mean, it was. I mean that that the, the Drew stuff is just. Hey, you know, it's, it? you had the guy beat Lesnar, and now you're doing this shit. What, 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 Robert, you mentioned it a little bit uh, on uh, something sports entertainment with, but you and I are both big Drew fans. I mean, you know, this is it. It just feels like uh, this is grim death. This is yeah. this is it. This is the they need to turn him into Black Rain tomorrow. Um, it, it was they started giving him this gimmick where everything he was talking about he tied back to Scottish history. And it was stupid and nobody liked it. So their decision now is he's just going to bring up ridiculous stuff and pass it off as history. But it has this flop sweat to it. When when Drew was a babyface champion a year ago, it was somewhat more effortless at the beginning, his promos. This idea of I'm, I'm smarter than everybody else. And I, I come across as being completely in control, whereas now he sounds like a raving lunatic. And it's bad when the only positive thing Dan was able to text her in this was, I really like Drew's jacket. <laughs> it's a great jacket. Uh, and I also love that Jinder Mahal's character is now, he's just a guy going through a midlife crisis. He has a motorcycle and a sword. It's so it's, bad. I mean, even his finisher stinks. It's like a half-assed rock bottom, the Colossus. I have a question. And also, it, it, isn't it like he's got a big guy? AJ has a big guy. Apollo has a big guy. Like, well, the problem you know, is, is Vince, uh, Vince Shayna Baszler has a big guy. Vince had this edict where it's like, hey, we got, we need more, we need more big people. Um, but all the big people that they signed are like, they can't fucking move. They're all like great Kali, you know, Scott. What you were saying? Uh, doesn't it, I, I, again? I didn't see it, but you you said Drew didn't answer one of Jinder's texts. Yeah, Doesn't that was that that's why the bad guy. Oh, no, no. Gender. Sorry. Drew answered Gender's text, but he was upset that he didn't spell out the word two. He didn't you're, spell out two. You're joking. You're joking. No. Oh, no, I wish I was, Scott. Uh, this was a grown man on television, a former world champion complaining. He goes, I asked Drew to go riding motorcycles with me. Uh, and he said, like, he was too busy. But rather than spelling out two T-O-O, he just wrote the number two. And this is now why Jinder wants him dead. And this is why me and Scott don't do something to sports entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, what was your high point, low point this week? High spot, low spot, sir. All right. Well, high spot, I mean, I, I thought AEW was, was really amazing. But my, my high spot this week is specifically there is a guy on Twitter, uh, Chris Brosnahan, B-R-O-S-N-A. N-A-H-A-N, right? He has an entire thread explaining the Hangman Adam Page storyline since his days in even New Japan uh, and how it intertwines with Kenny's. And I think that the Dark Order segment last week was was perfect. I think it's the I think this storyline, the Kenny story and the Hangman story and both of their stories uh, continuously intersecting into what's happening now is the best storyline. Uh, one of the best storylines I've ever seen uh, in my entire life. Is Chris so Brosnahan Excalibur's real name? <laughs> Dude, it's so good. I'm going to send it to you guys and I'll post it on the on the Twitter. This shit rules hard, man. You sit back and watch this. Woo! Well, you don't watch it. You read it, but man. Why, why would I read it when I talk to you enough? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's, dude, it's magic. And uh, 
My but that's like fun. you looking up other people's rants about the Black Widow movie. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and then my low spot is uh, the the damn Patriot died Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, that was a bummer. Which is, uh, uh, you know, really messed up my plans. Which was to uh, shit on the Patriot all Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> no, I don't know. But yeah, no, that bummed me out actually. I met him in Wildwood, New Jersey, one summer. Uh, my dad took me to a wrestling event. It's like one of the only things me and my Derek, dad. He was working at Six Flags. Every <laughs> week, yeah. it's always like someone Scott met when he's like, you're like the Z-League of shitty wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Crowbar was in the main event, but Patriot, Patriot took pictures with everybody after. Patriot and King Kong Bundy. And he Scott, was remember massive. when he used to... Remember when you uh, co-hosted a podcast with a former WWE writer? You've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and also, I will say this because it was about to be my low spot. Somebody said that Terry Funk wasn't doing well, but He's but I dementia, apparently. But right? well, hold on though. This is the first time I was ever excited about a Tommy Dreamer tweet. Uh, Tommy Dreamer wrote just just a little while ago. Everyone needs I'm to relax. Thinking of killing myself. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote, "Everyone needs to relax." I just got off the phone with Terry Funk. He is not in bad health. He loves everyone talking about him. Direct quote, quote from Funker: "I'm currently sitting in an assisted living place with my thumb up my ass, whistling Dixie, but I don't remember the words." Um, he answered Tommy Dreamer's phone call. He is in bad health. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, we, we you think Tommy Dreamer goes to the assisted living facility to be like, oh, I was the big, like, just to convince him he was the biggest wrestler ever, like everyone in the assisted living facility. Can you, can you imagine that really sad to, Tuesdays with Terry? It's <laughs> just Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Tommy Fox. Dreamer just going in, like, remember when we did this in ECW? Yeah. Remember when we did this? Oh. They sit at the table, but they never use it for <laughs> what a table is supposed to be used for. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I, I heard the, about the dementia and all of that. We all love Terry. Um, and yeah, hopefully he's okay. I mean, fucking legend, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm reading his book now. It's uh, Dan, do you blast. read books or do you listen to audiobooks? Because I'm sick and tired of both. my friends I, telling I, me they read books and they're just listening to goddamn podcasts dan, dan goes to terry's uh living facility and just has him tell the same three stories <laughs> <laughs> I, I i do both scott to answer your question okay i'm you. a cultured man mike <laughs> uh what's your high spot low spot um my high spot is um we uh got a uh thumbs up and uh you know a, a positive from colt cabana uh, I know that you were on his uh, wrestling anonymous podcast, which is great. Um, but you know, getting that validation from Colt is awesome. I mean, the dude, fucking, you know, without him, I don't think you get the amount of wrestling podcasts there are, or you know, the elevated level of them. He's the dude who fucking opened the door for everybody else, and so that's awesome. Um, my low spot, I, I found this out. This is one of my last shreds of kayfabe dying i did not know this if you guys all knew this you could laugh at me but i found out that sergeant slaughter didn't actually serve in the military and that it was all made up <laughs> and that bob remus is full of shit like that he he still goes on podcasts and talks about serving 
it's like a very stolen valor thing i just i didn't know about this and then i looked deep into it and there are people within the military because it's very easy to find if someone's in the service or not and yeah there's lots of people like no and you could see him like on i think uh the jim and sam show just talking about being an infantryman in vietnam and all of that and so he like really uh like believes in his own gimmick it's really uh fucking weird <laughs> but <laughs> i didn't know that because i really would have thought like man he should have run against linda he wouldn't send it <laughs> yeah i mean you know i i mean there's no way that like you know jesse ventura wasn't the first to find out like so what part of the, the you know the school did you blow up back then bob <laughs> you know Colin valor <laughs> i was a navy you know i was a frog man what the fuck were you bob <laughs> dude, Je- jesse ventura is fucking awesome dude yeah like, and i, I and, and, and i and i do believe legit service man but but fucking sergeant slaughter not did you guys did you know that robert um I didn't. I never thought that he ever portrayed himself as being ex-military. So I, I no, guess he portrayed himself as current military. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's. I mean, there's the character and on TV, but then in interviews he would also like, and he would like do USO tours and talk about how great it was to meet fellow soldiers. <laughs> fucking asshole! <laughs> it's kind of fucking hilarious, though. It I mean, anybody else lying about their service it's awful but sergeant slaughter lying about his service is kind of funny yeah it fits wrestling and what wrestling is and how you can't back down even though it's offensive now to be saying that yeah yeah to have a gimmick like that and not to have served but dude john cena though i mean think about that on some level he never served and he's out here saluting and shit dude he helped kill yeah, osama bin laden that's true <laughs> Robert, what's your high spot, low spot of the week? So I'm going to go in reverse order. I'm going to start with my low spot and then try to go with the high spot at the end. So we're on a positive note. My low spot this week, uh, which uh, this was a breaking story today when we recorded it. So maybe it'll it'll have a different ending and we'll find out we're all wrong. But uh, Jimmy Uso got uh, arrested for yet another DUI, uh, his fourth DUI, his fifth arrest total as it relates to driving. Um, this is, I, I made a, I made a, not a joke about it on Twitter. It was mainly just anger at this point. It's like the dude was going 55 miles an hour, blew through a stoplight, blew a two point, a 0.20, maybe two would be dead. He blew a 0.205 when the legal limit is 0.08, which means this wasn't, Hey, he had three beers instead of two. And it was a got you. He was, uh, he was not sober and he was behind the wheel of a car. And it's very hard to have any kind of sympathy for someone who I understand people have uh, alcohol abuse problems when you've had four different DUIs, including two as recently as 2019, don't get behind the wheel of a car because at that point you're endangering other people. What's shitty about it is he had these transgressions a few years ago. He supposedly had worked through it. The WWE 
put him back on television in a very prominent role. If you watch SmackDown this past week, he was all over that damn thing. He's one of the big stars on the show. He's part of this Roman Reigns edge storyline. It's been very compelling. All the more reason to party. Am I right, (laughs) guys? Uh, By the way, by the way, uh, 0.205 was the ratings his segment got. You know it was bad when he got pulled over and they tried to convince him it was Jay. But uh, wait, 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 have we considered that he uh, lived right down the street? Have we considered that, that it was it was a couple blocks away from home? No, here's here's a more important question. Is is any penitentiary he's in an Uso penitentiary? <laughs> that is the uh, that's the beauty of, of Jimmy Uso in there. It just sucks because they gave this guy yet another chance. They've wasted TV time with him. Now, obviously, they don't know what they're going to do because the video of him that's that's out there, it's not like he has a leg to stand on as a defense, nor did he have a leg to stand on when they pulled him out of the car. And it's just it's real <laughs> shitty because you've 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 killed this storyline um, right now with the momentum for it, on top of the fact that he was reckless and this could have been a, a much worse situation. It just it sucks. Uh, my high spot of the week actually comes from AEW Dynamite. Um, the This was their last show in Jacksonville before going on the road, and their production crew put together a video that really made their time filming in Jacksonville feel epic. Unlike WWE Thunderdome, where if they had to recap all of the great moments uh, that happened, it would, be a, it would be a fallacy. But Dynamite managed to create compelling television over the last 18 months or so. And that encapsulated it. And, and I think I speak for everyone when I say, folks, uh, there's nothing in your life that will top seeing a live WWE Dynamite. <laughs> I, I do think that they could have done like... Oh, no, no, Dan, I just wanted to bury Jim Ross. I was totally like, the video package was okay. It was just a chance to take a shot at seeing out Jim Ross. No, I think that they should have done, WWE should do a montage of all the freaks that have been in the Thunderdome. Like, I would have loved, maybe like with Sarah McLaughlin's in the arms of the angel. Do you remember that first Thunderdome show when it was like, it was like Benoit, it was like somebody getting executed. It was a guy in a clan hood drinking. Yeah, it was like a, a beheading, a beheading video. A be, yeah, a yeah, beheading dude. video. A guy with a clan hood just drinking. Like I will, a, like, I will neither confirm, I will neither confirm nor deny that that the production folks have a tape that they constantly update of the most bizarre looking fans over the oh, years yeah. that they've caught from off camera. I will not confirm or deny that I have seen this multiple times and laughed my ass off. Oh, there dude, is you absolute... gotta you gotta send it to us. Is oh, there if I had a, no, that doesn't leave. It's never left the building. It's it's literally in the vault they have there. But they they guarantee you they've been piecemealing all of these uh, people in their homes or shanties who are watching from the Thunderdome. Is my sacrifice playing in the background of that video? <laughs> I, I I just I, I want to talk about the Uso thing for a sec because yeah I mean substance uh, you know addiction and all that is very sad I'm not gonna make fun of him for that but the 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 drunk driving stuff fuck him yep. um, if they don't they don't fire this guy there's something wrong the amount of uh, DUIs just endangering people like that, even if Floridian. Yeah, but here's the people. thing about it: you're drunk. He doesn't. You don't fucking know. He thinks he's like regular, and he gets in the car. Oh, no, you know? but, he's drunk. This is like the... it's terrible, and you Scott, go, "Yes, you should be punished." But you don't go, "Fuck him." You know? Yeah, this is my this is my uncle Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the 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 fourth time. Okay, 
I mean, do I want to see Heyman defend him like my cousin? <laughs> my client, Jimmy Uso. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, for the amount, for the petty shit that people get fired from for this company, if they protect this guy, there's something wrong. This is just one time too many. I, think. I mean, he should go to like a fucking 90 day rehab. Uh, they're after they're Scott now. That's what the yeah. sirens are. Oh, shit. Sorry. No, no, no. Jimmy, Jimmy's back on the road. <laughs> Do you think they fire him? I mean, I guess we'll find out soon. And I think they, I think, you know, I'm sure everybody will know by the time they listen to us. I hope they don't. I, I just think it's been so many times, like, you know, and I think that they really have tried to help the guy and he deserves to still get help. Um, but I just don't think that he should be a part of this company. Like, I'll be the cold asshole. Yes, they should fire him because based on this track record, you can't trust him as a television character anymore. You can't invest time in someone who is this reckless on a personal level. When they, they you know, they've made a, a habit over the years of trying to thin out the wrestlers who are really liabilities to them. You know, yeah. Jeff Hardy is the rare exception. And Jeff, since he's been back under this recent bent, has been very well behaved, but it's why they were hesitant to get behind him. Not only did they bring Jimmy Uso back, they got behind him in such a way right now where they could have done Jimmy Uso and Roman Reigns headlining a pay-per-view and it would have made complete and total sense and been an exciting match that fans would have really been into. You can't invest in him as a television character anymore. They just fired, one of you guys sent the picture of like, all the releases of 2021, it looked like an entire company that got let go. It's not yeah, like those guys yeah. got let go for detrimental behavior where getting arrested, Jimmy may wind up going to jail for this. That's the other part of this. Like this may not be a, is he going to be released or not? It's, this is his fourth offense for a DUI. I got to imagine that someone's going to try to make a name for himself and push for some kind of jail time, at which point you can't keep him anymore. And if you do bring him back, it needs to be after extensive rehab and a chance for him to get his act together when he was just off television for the better part of uh, a year going through the, the, the rehab for his injury. Um, they, they need to show you need to show some kind of real progress and, and, and contrition going forward before you can trust putting him on TV, let alone putting him on the road. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had, you know, as, as the person on this podcast, probably he's had the most substance abuse problems and I've definitely made a fair share of my mistakes. I, I, I do think the best thing they could do is, is have some sort of consequence for him. You know, like uh, that's, that may be the only thing that wakes him up and just like, look, if you're going to get drunk, like it's one thing if it was like the nineties or even the two thousands, but there's Uber now. There's yeah. Uber yeah. and Lyft. Yeah, but dude, he probably just saw a fast nine or whatever, you know? <laughs> he was actually don't take caught. an Uber after seeing Scott's fast Scott's mullet nine. is actually talking now, not Scott. <laughs> Scott's right. He was actually pulled over in space with Ludacris next to him. <laughs> dude, that, I, just, I just saw fast nine and Mike's right. Like the whole movie is just Cena scowling. Yeah. And the guy they, the guy they get to play young Cena is like it's just so funny because he looks like he's like an American Pie or something. It's like from a whole different universe. But he's, he's just scowling, so it's just B-roll footage from his Total Divas run. <laughs> and just you, listening yeah. to Nikki. Dude, how Nick? How pissed is Nikki right now? Because he just he just came out in the press saying, uh, you know, I think I could be a dad. 
So like, I, I guess this whole, that whole crux of that show was I don't want to have kids. And now he just, it was like, no, I just didn't want to have kids with you. I didn't want to have kids with you. Who said John Cena wasn't a heel? He's the <laughs> best I, heel. I just, I just wanted to clarify too, that like, I do believe in second chances or, you know, look, we covered Dustin Rhodes this week, fifth chances. The, the guy got fired so many times. I just feel like he needs to just go away for a while, clean up. And the WWE should not be looked at as enabling him, which is what I think they're doing if they continue employing him. Well, it's a very Damn, recent news story. I'm I sure. wasn't thinking of consequence, you know, but you're right. I, I think you do have to fire a it's, guy. It's Mother a crime. Fucker, that sucks. It's, a, I mean, you just hope it. If it's a four DWI, you really do hope the guy doesn't, you know, kill himself or somebody else. Like that's that's yeah. the thing you kind of want to. Well, yeah, you go four and you go, man, these cops got to have it out for this guy, right? Right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know this was clearly profiling because when you're doing 55 going through a red light in the 30 i mean they're clear i mean everybody does that they were just going after him i mean 55 in a 30 is the law i think i think that's what they actually oh, in, mean in, when in it's florida 30. that's on the test uh if, if you don't do that during the driving test they take away your license do you do you think also when like when he's pulled over he cuts like a promo like he does on smackdown why you pull me over man <laughs> what the fuck I'm was that? that he's in like a fat <laughs> Albert character. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a Uso. I, I feel like he should. Oh be shit! I just realized Bill Cosby's available now. We got SummerSlam <laughs> coming up. <laughs> Maybe they can dust off the nails character, and Jimmy can come back as like the new Samoan nails. That'd be kind of cool. Yep, that's the silence that deserved. Uh, folks, <laughs> we're going to be doing, next week, we're going to be doing the roast to Kurt Angle. Uh, we're going to not just be doing the roast to Kurt Angle and Brightside and and show in hell. We're, we're going to be doing Kurt Angle's bestiality promo, which Michael tweet out. But we're also going to be doing a segment called Ain't This Swell, where Kurt Angle wins a gold medal. I've never seen it before. We're going to watch it, give you guys some feedback. Uh, for Grimmix, we're going to decide Mr. America or the Patriot. And as always, high spot, low spot. And uh, look, if you need more Patreon, fill this week. Kick it up five bucks, folks. And hear me and Robert talk about the bash and Road Rager in that Miami strap match between QT Marshall and uh, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. Uh, any, uh, oh, oh, please leave us five stars. Please leave a positive review. Please tell your friends about it. If you're on wrestling forums, post about it uh we really appreciate all the love we get we got a facebook group join it we got a youtube channel subscribe a lot of stuff you can do with the show and i appreciate i was on the facebook page today you guys were giving me some ideas for uh some stuff we can do in september uh, possibly a watch along episode which i think would be kind of fun for us to do with our live audience perhaps that'll be next month i mean that'll be in september when they dust off a night of the champions or some show um but that's it for me folks scott Scott underscore Chaplin on Instagram and Twitter. Robert. Uh, follow me on Twitter at WWE creative underscore ISH. And again, uh, the something to sports entertainment with tier. In addition to the show that Dan and I are going to be recording and talking about uh, great American bash and road rager. There was a bonus episode breaking down this past week's raw segment by segment uh, and getting into not only why the drew character doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, but how they can actually, uh, salvage this thing so uh, that's definitely fun and thanks to everyone that's participating in the uh, in the Facebook group it's been uh, it's been a hell of a lot of fun 
you know how you save the Drew character? You have him take a 23 and me test and he's not Scottish. And just have him be something more interesting. Oh, they make him Jamaican. Yeah. And then him and Kofi for uh Dude, if, it's, if, it's if a Drew he, day. Yes, yeah, it is. Him and Kofi with the accent uh hanging from the rafters. Awesome. Uh, Dude, to Dan's if, point if about if the, Drew... the five stone. Sorry. I was gonna say if Drew is the Chet Hanks of wrestling, I'm all for it. <laughs> oh, White Boy sorry, Summer would saying? be a great gimmick for Drew McIntyre. That's Ginger's new character. Uh, I was gonna say I love what Dan was talking about the, the five-star reviews. I was looking at some of the reviews on iTunes where they're like, This is my favorite podcast, it's the best ever, 4.5. I'm just like, what the <laughs> Maybe well, your standards are a bit too high, guys. Yeah, my iTunes that's, is four point five, but is yours four point seven? Mine was mine was four point seven, but uh, I'll I'll do a live update now while we're yeah. reading it to see what. Thanks, it says. Meltzer that, Dan. <laughs> yeah, that just sounds like Meltzer's reviewing us. This was a wonderful <laughs> podcast. Four point five. Um, I, I, still, I still see four point seven. I, I mean, I, it's it's a solid show. No, wait, I, I, wait, I, I, can I was, just interrupt for a second? Yeah. I uh, I out of habit, I went on the Observer podcast page, and it said you're oh. no longer a subscriber. And it was like the end of Goodwill Hunting when Ben Affleck shows up and Matt Damon wasn't there. I'm like, I'm not there. I'm not there. And I had a smile on my face. And then I listened to some Wade Keller, Mike. Um, I was gonna be the the Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting and say it's not your fault. Uh, <laughs> it's for sure my fault. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh, yeah, subscribe to, to both our tiers on Patreon because, you know, for the amount of listeners that we have, we don't have that many Patreon subscribers for the five or $10 tier. And, you know, uh, we're really proud of the stuff that we put out. Um, I think the Cornette roast that we did this week was fucking great. I think all of our Patreon roasts, I think all of our Patreon content, including something to sports entertain with so if you like what we do um guys just let us keep doing it i mean you listen to us every week we don't have social skills for regular job please give us more money this sounds like mike begging his wife to let him continue doing this with us <laughs> please, it makes me happy <laughs> i'm telling you i can raise a child and write leader jokes at the same time <laughs> all right folks we'll see you next week have a good one 